Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. What's <laughs> up, everyone? This is episode 126, and my name is Carl Brueggemann. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today, we're going to have um, a side-splitting good time as we look back through the history of video games to talk about humor in games. Yeah, this uh, is the first episode of our sixth season. Uh, I can't believe we made it that far. Just so you guys know, if anyone's new to the podcast and is a little confused, the way we organize our, quote, seasons on this podcast is every 25 episodes, we kind of chop it off and we try to have a little bit of a finale, something exciting. And then we try to start the next season off with a kind of an in-depth look in, in a topic of games such as East and West, Human Touch, Thinking about not just music, but the context um, of video games in kind of a, d- a different light than we yeah, normally yeah, do. Yeah, we come at it with a little bit um, more of an analysis of a, a certain topic or idea or concept throughout you know, the history of games is usually where we try to go with that. And so today is going to be a lot of fun because we're talking about humor throughout the history of video games. And so we're talking about humor in games, not necessarily in the music. And that's an important distinction. It is an important today distinction. Today we're going to talk about this how isn't the funny music... music. Yeah, well, this is, <laughs> but what we're going... The episode topic isn't just funny music. Yeah, yeah, basically, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the relationship between the score of a game and its humor, and what's fun is, you know, I'd say on the most part, most games aren't really that funny, even though a lot of video games really kind of embrace a sillier aesthetic. Most games aren't laugh-out-loud funny. As but, far as the writing goes. Yeah, so when you look at games that do try to be funny, um, it's interesting to see how they use the music. A lot of times we'll see music being more subdued, where really the music is supposed to be kind of the straight man. Um, But then Mm -hmm. in other cases like this, uh, the music is really trying to be funny and it's elevating the humor Yeah, so one cool thing about this playlist, it's a very unique playlist today, guys, and we're going to have every possible example of humor in games. A track that is funny on its own, a game that is funny on its own, maybe a track that isn't funny and that's kind of what makes it work is is kind of the juxtaposition. All kinds of examples. Well, and we're going to talk about the games too, and what makes them funny, and or maybe how what the makes this m- musical moment so funny, even, exactly. even if the music by itself isn't. Yeah, so. what we played in with was a track from Rayman Origins, and what's great about that piece is that uh, it the composer Christoph Haral takes um, the melody and the theme that's very kind of rousing. It has a wonderful orchestral melody, and it's all. Uh, orchestrally performed and it's really beautiful he plays it on the but kazoo. then the melody <laughs> is on that kazoo which is so funny and you get so much goofy expression on it so a great play-in for this episode and for this sixth season thanks so much guys for joining us um you know sticking with us on this podcast and if you're new welcome thanks a lot we're excited to have you so let's get started here guys once again this is humor in video games the first track we're going to talk about you know this is a really a good fitting first game to talk about of course you got to start things off with the secret of monkey island this is a lucas arts game composed by michael land hilarious game one of the funniest games i would say of all yeah time. the thing that's interesting is most video games aren't that funny because most video games don't have a lot in the ways of dialogue and the ones that do you know it's kind of a it's a very common sentiment that video game writing is poor but i'd say the one area is these old adventure games a lot of them were really funny and that's because dialogue played such uh, a key component and also into the, the gameplay the creators and the writers of these games you know the ron gilberts the tim schafers right. they were just very funny people yeah, the writing you know, if was you watch sort of an interviews of them if you watch kickstarter movies if you watch you know documentaries these are hilarious guys so it's no right. surprise their games are funny secret of monkey island we're going to take a listen to a track we've played before on the podcast this is Guybrush and Elaine. This is kind of the romance theme between those two characters. And let's just play it. Uh, one thing I just quickly want to say before we play it, talking about, you know, what type of an example is this, you know, on today's episode. This is a very funny game. This song, you know, in and of itself isn't necessarily funny, but when you think about the context of the game, how it's kind of trying to be this cliche of this big romantic theme, and the way that it is used in the games is absolutely yeah, side-splittingly hilarious. It's written to sound like something out of like a soap opera. Absolutely. So keep that in mind. Let's take a listen to Guybrush and Elaine. <laughs> Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Guybrush and Elaine, the romance theme from The Secret of Monkey Island, composed by the wonderful Michael Land. And just want to give you guys a little bit of explanation if anyone hasn't played this game. First of all, you should. It's it's a classic. It's very, very funny. Uh, the, what yeah, if you're looking for is, humor in your video games, you can't do better than those old absolutely. So what happens is the first time, pretty much, you meet Elaine in the game, this music cues up, and Guybrush gets so nervous and flustered around Elaine, he can't speak, and he literally just can't find the words to say. And this music, I don't know what it is, but it just elevates the humor that's already there, and it does. Yeah. It's featured, I think, three times in the game. Right. The final being, you know, the very end of the game, and and that's the version you're hearing here, where it goes into kind of the reggae groove almost for the credits i believe of the game yeah i think one of the more funny things about it is just that it's near some of the most hilarious dialogue in the game mm-hmm. uh it, and i think that's why the connotation for me is always set when i hear this it makes me laugh or smile but yeah this is a game that's intrinsically funny the very nature of it and one of the core engaging factors of this game is the humor that's probably one of the big things that a lot of people talk about when they talk about monkey island and it, it's a it's a sort of inviting way to disguise this kind of um, puzzle game in a sense, an adventure game. But what's great about this is to me, it's like, if you look at the soundtrack as a whole, it does kind of play the straight man a little bit. I mean, it's a little goofy and just that it is going for that Caribbean sound. It's very on the nose. But to me, most of the music is taken seriously. And and the only reason why this is funny... Now, guys, we're talking about that intro, that... The only reason why that's funny in context is because it's so good, though. Yeah, He's nailing that type of a oh yeah thing, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song but it is sort of cliche and I, I that's why I do feel like it almost sounds like it should be in a soap opera I mean yeah, I but, think it's better than that but one but point I wanted to make for. and we have a few other examples of that today of trying to nail a cliche or doing like a mockery of something it's only funny if you do it well yeah like if this is just a throwaway song it actually wouldn't be as funny the, what's funny about it is because it is a beautiful melody yeah and that I, juxtaposition I think, and is for so the hilarious. average person they're not really thinking about the music it right. just that the music feels so on the nose Mm -hmm. that it's like you know it's kind of like when you hear morgan freeman say something funny like we're, we so associate his well, voice it, with serious you know, narration so when he says something funny it's like you're not expecting it yeah which i makes think the humor one of the funniest better. things is saying something ridiculous with conviction and what this music does is it gives conviction to the text that you're reading yeah that's a good point you know so anyways let's move on to the next track we're going to talk about this is banjo kazooie composed by grant kirkhope a very different type of an example yeah, in today's this game playlist is, i think uh, it would be more considered aesthetically funny yeah. where the visuals the music the sound is all trying to be goofy but there's nothing sort of inherent or core about the experience that's like trying to trick you or make you laugh I wouldn't right. really call it yeah, comedy th- there's definitely there's probably things that will make you chuckle in the game you know it's a rare game rare games are usually a little funny and goofy um, but just it's more not... that they don't take themselves too seriously absolutely but the music this is a track that on its own it is funny it is right. goofy Grant Kirkhope his musical style he has so much humor in his music so this is a type of an example where even taken completely away from this game, this might make some people smile right. and maybe even well, laugh. Well, I feel like in Banjo-Kazooie, the effort is that all of the sort of uh, the aesthetics, like I said, sort of like the sound effects, the the visual aspects of the game, not the sort of core engagement or the mechanics or anything that's what's trying to be funny right. where like with monkey island it's the writing it's sort of the core experience that's funny um but where this it's sort of like uh the funniness is a little bit more um on the surface level and yeah. so it's interesting to hear here we have uh the composer trying to make the experience funny with the music let's take a listen to mumbo's mountain from banjo kazooie <laughs> Thank you. 
So some of the standout musical things that make this funny, in my opinion, are the tuba. It's such a ridiculously goofy sounding instrument, especially when it's going the ball, 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 just kind of that oompa pow yeah. cliche. And then, you know, the <laughs> the mallet percussion and the chromaticism, all of that coming together, it sounds like carnival music. It's just, it's very silly. Well, I think it's something like a composer like Danny Elfman is able to capture yeah. similar kind of set. And I think that Grant Kirkhope is very influenced by And he Danny said that Elfman. actually specifically right. he had Danny Elfman influence in a lot of his music. Yeah, but it's great. To me, it's like the playfulness with all those chromaticisms and, you know, the heavy sort of use of the borrow chords and the mm-hmm. oscillation between those two um, is one of the it's big It's a things. caricature of this kind of music. It's taking, right. you know, Danny Elfman or any kind of music like this and it's turning it up. It's making a cartoon version of that right. kind of music. So the music itself is a cartoon. That's why it fits the game well, so well. Another thing that's funny about this is that da, 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 when it all of a sudden does swung rhythms, I when I don't really think of the rest of the rhythms as being swung. Yeah, it's Will was saying that this is actually reminiscent of LucasArts music that kind of reminds us of the Monkey Island 2 jail theme a little bit. But yeah, right. no, Grant Kirkhope, you cannot do an episode on humor. Yeah, and I mean, it's not the nature Grant of this Kirkhope. composition, uh, but it's also the instrumentation that he uses. And it works well with the game. Because, like I said, the game is kind of surface level goofy and funny. So sure. it's fun to see, you know, these are two. So far, we have two different um, ways to skin the horse, the cat. What <laughs> are we skinning skin today? Yeah, I think we're skinning the cat today. That's horrible. Why would you skin a cat? You want to skin a horse? I feel like that would be less repulsive. You know what? Skin yourself, Will. Uh, So now we're going to move on to a game called De Blob 2. Uh, Now, this is an example where the game itself, very funny video game in this this series, both the first and second. I think the second game is actually even funnier. It came out for the Wii. So the game itself is funny. The soundtrack does a great job of elevating the humor. This is an example of uh, an homage or of kind of like a mockery of a genre of music. This is nailing on the nose 50s kind of elevator music or like right. 50s cheesy jazz music yeah like which is jazz and which stuff. is so funny um in you know musically if you just listen to it uh you actually it's hard to tell oh is this from a video game is this an actual old piece of jazz right. music it's just it's great music but well that's um, another thing we talked about on on our rayman episode that those two composers kind of tried to go for that exactly. public domain sound because something mm-hmm. funny about like getting that on the nose. Yeah. So a little bit more of a subtle um, kind of an example because a lot of people that if they're not familiar with what that is or right. what it's going for, it might not be funny Well, I think to them. De Blob is also like Banjo-Kazooie, though, is another example of where the humor is a little bit more aesthetical Absolutely. humor and not core humor. Mm-hmm. But it's also that kind of a game, but with a score that is a little bit more So this subtle. is one of the more subtle examples on today's list. Let's take a listen to the track Prisman Holiday from De Blob 2, composed by John Guscott. <laughs> guys just listened to Prisman Holiday from De Blob 2, composed by John <laughs> Guscott. Yeah, that singing, oh the, gosh, the female la-la-la, that just nails it. Oh, it's great. It is so 50s. Like, it's just like, everything is fine, and the status quo is normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, because in this game, you're trying to paint the city yeah. different colors, so yeah. this must occur at, like, a part where it's, like, just sort of the gray dullness, and oh. then you're coming in and splattering all the color and everything but what I love about this is like you said it is very on the nose um, but it's a great piece of music Mm -hmm. and a lot of that music that it's referencing is also good I think it's just like 
um, our ears, like you said, like coming from a 2014 perspective, you don't even need to be that recent. Like, no. Honestly, coming from any time after the 1950s, this sounds a little I think a great example of this music. juxtaposition in, in you know, a very popular piece of media is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If you guys are right. fans of that show, the, the only musical score that's used in that show are public domain pieces of music. Well, there's a lot and it's of so things funny. doing it. Jerry Seinfeld's been doing it in that Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. Larry right. David used it in Curb Your Enthusiasm has sort of a similar era. But something about like really well-written music that sounds like it's from the 50s or 60s somehow is really funny especially if it's mixed with something that's just so terrible and reprehensible like yeah. always sunny or curb you know just right. like terrible people doing terrible things <laughs> uh, with this music is very funny so let's now move on to super mario rpg this is a good example this game is very funny as far as the mario series goes the first game to introduce really like Good humor. And yeah, all good the writing. RPG Mario's I feel like have very good writing. Whether it's the Mario and Luigi's, this one, or all mm-hmm. the Paper Mario's, they're all very funny as far as the writing and the aesthetics of Mario games. I think generally fit into that uh, the kind of goofiness or the aesthetic humor that we're talking about. But I with agree. this, it's both. You know, yeah. You, so. So this example, we're going to play a track called Hello Happy Kingdom, composed by Yoko Shimomura. Not inherently funny as a piece of music. It's very simple and playful. But in context of the game, this piece really elevates the humor that you're feeling. At This is the Mushroom Kingdom section of the game. So this part, um, I don't know, any funny dialogue you do hear during this, the music almost just makes it that much more funny. Yeah, this is like sort of the first town that you get to in the game. And there is a lot of uh, humor that happens in and around it. Most of the music of this game is fantastic. Yoko Shimomura, of course, is a legend. But I feel like this is one point in the game. There's two songs to me that feel like they are a little bit separated from the experience, and that's this, and it's that sad Again, song. Again, this is almost a caricature. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it's purposefully simple, almost... Well, isn't it called, it's like Happy Town? It's called Hello Happy Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Th- and it's a happy kingdom, so it's supposed to be happiness, like, in quotes. And it's the it's same almost with, like, like over the top song, happiness, where it's, like, yeah. e- exaggerating or saturating these emotions. And only, like, a really good composer and musician can do that. So let's take a listen to Hello Happy Kingdom. You guys are listening to Hello Happy Kingdom, composed by Yoko Shimomura from Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars for the Super NES, the very first RPG in the Mario series. Uh, Gosh, kind of I a love nice this. crossover. Was yeah, fair. listening to it again, I think there is a lot of humor in this, um, especially as, just as far as the instrumentation and how over the top it is. You know, yes. It's called Happy Kingdom. But when I think of happiness, like if, if this was supposed to be a genuinely happy moment, I think it would be more sweet and subtle. Because you know, when you think about when you're happy, it's never just like... Blang! It, mm-hmm. It's never just like banging crash cymbals and dirt, 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 dirt. It's mm-hmm. just like so in your face, which is I think where some of the um, the irony comes of that. It's a little bit sarcastic, right? Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So now I think it's time to move on to. I'm really excited for this. This um, on all levels, this is funny. So this is from a game, Leisure Suit Larry, the third game in the series. Now this is a funny game series. You know, all these games are very funny, just like the Lucas Arts Adventure games. This series is known for being some of the funniest games uh, ever. Carl, can I say something? 
I'm having a great time. <laughs> I'm also fun. having a great time. This is very fun. So this game, listen to the title of this game. It'll make you guys laugh. Leisure Suit Larry 3, Passionate Patty in Pursuit of the Pulsating Pectorals. That's the title of this game. That gives you an idea of the tone. Um, so most of the music, I would say, is a little bit... Uh, in this whole series, like kind of swanky jazz music, right? Um, elevatory. Yeah, again, it, it's it's another example. The the game is kind of funny. It's one of those I think I would call it an intrinsically funny game. But the music again is typically playing the straight man. But this track, yeah, this it, particular I'm, track, is an example. There's a of, reason why I'm excited. This track yeah. is called "The Incredible Dork." It was composed by Mike Dana. And without giving too much away, this might must be a segment of the game where there's some montage it's kind of making fun of like Rocky, except instead of like building muscles and fighting, right. it must be like reading books or well, something. You see, this is an example where it's like when you parody something that's so kind of classic to pop culture, the Rocky, the Rocky theme. theme and just all the Rocky cliches of the montages with that music is so kind of essential American pop culture. So if you're able yeah. to reference that and kind of wink to your audience, so just imagine that as you're listening to this track called The Incredible Dork. You won't have to imagine very, very hard. Here we go. You guys are listening to The Incredible Dork from Leisure Suit Larry 3, composed by Mike Dana. That is hilarious. Uh, It's so funny how he's um, obviously just making fun of the Rocky theme, trying to get as close as possible. To oh, hilarious you think, effect. No, I think it establishes itself as its own piece of music. No, yeah, we, we have a good time with this because you guys uh, know that we uh, dabble, not even dabble, we are heavily involved with musical homage yeah, albums, you know, trying exactly. to... And this is something this is, that... This would, if, this, if we did something like this, this would be a bad example absolutely. of what we do. So it's fun to hear this because it makes me feel a little bit better about what I do because sometimes I worry, like, do you get in the territory of just kind of blatant... Uh, copyism but i i mean i feel like there's there's definitely a difference between homage and copy and, and also i would never do a rocky tribute album yeah. either so i think it depends on the context <laughs> well, I think the source what's material funny about here. this is it's like it, it almost feels like it's just changing notes um at the bare minimum to get away with which like, is copyright so infringement yeah. and i so, love hearing examples like that like if you hear um parodies of like the jaws theme or right it's just those two notes so they just have to add one more note every once in a while dun, 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 dun. yeah it's really... so now guys let's move on this is another slightly subtle example but interesting we wanted to include this this is from diddy kong racing for the 64 composed by david wise yeah, the interesting thing about this game this whole uh game is a little bit of a parody it's sort of it's their version of mario kart and so everything about the game including the music is trying to be very um it's like rare's impression of nintendo and that's what david said in our interview is that this was a conscious choice to try to go for nintendo and to do nintendo's cliches even more extremely than nintendo did so it's almost just Kind of like you know, like Grant with Banjo because cranking that music. Well, up I mean, to I would say Mario farther. Kart already does that, which is where I think this parody comes from. Like right. even if you look at uh, Super Mario Kart, which is a beautiful soundtrack. I mean, sort of the, like we were talking about it a couple weeks ago that the elements that make Mario music great are kind of cranked up on that. So this so is Dave's impression of Mario Kart music. It's pretty funny stuff um, if you think about the context of it. Let's take a listen to Ancient Lake from Diddy Kong Racing.
That's fun. You guys just listened to Ancient Lake from Diddy Kong Racing. That's a pretty by... good impression, <laughs> I gotta say. David Wise. And what I love is, uh, what's kind of fun is I feel like I'm laughing on multiple levels because I'm laughing at like, oh, this is a fun parody, but also I'm laughing a little bit because some of uh, Dave's own compositional quirks are present in he this song as well. can't even help it. I don't like, even think he realizes it. it. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm smiling on two levels because it's like you're hearing someone do an impression of someone else, but they also kind of can't escape their own fingerprints. Right. I think the biggest um, kind of obvious thing that you hear is the, the chord progression. Every racing game of all time, like kart racing games, use yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very like, it sounds like chords that would be in like a Bob Marley song, just mm-hmm. very basic, uh, very colorful and happy. Um, but again, with some of those more like Latin rhythms. And it, Hey, Will, yeah, would you really ever want to do a Mario Kart <laughs> album? Well, I, I made that one song a couple years ago. Which is fun, yeah. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, I, I love I don't I know about Mario a whole Kart. album, maybe an EP. Yeah, I feel like if I was going to do a Mario Kart one, I would I would want to do the thing where, because uh, I'm doing it with the Metroid album, but where it's like in multiple different times. So maybe I do a few that sound like Soyo Oka. And you and do a few that a are few just that absolutely Kenta terrible, Nagata. maybe. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry guys. At least sound a little bit more modern. Let's move on um, to another modern game here. This is Portal 2, and we're going to play the credits theme from that game. And similar to, uh, there's another track that was composed by the same songwriter. He kind of comes in and just, he's known for kind of incorporating the internet into his humor as far as his lyrics that he writes. This is Jonathan Colton. He's the same guy who wrote that really funny song that Gladys sang, Still Alive. This is another song that's very clever lyrics, just really funny. And this game uh, is just definitely belongs on this episode. So this is Portal well, and 2. It's, it's, it, the, the funny thing is uh, GLaDOS, I think it's pronounced GLaDOS, because it's like the OS mm-hmm. is like operating system. So mm-hmm. it's like a, a robot, and it's a great way of sort of being an antagonist and also being part of the tutorial of the game it, it's it's a brilliant game because it's again like its mechanics are completely just like it's a puzzle game but it, it has it under this layer it reminds me of monkey island or like that ron gilbert sensibility right. where it's like disguising everything with humor to make it more inviting so this is a really cool song this is want you gone from portal 2 composed by jonathan colton <laughs> Remember when you tried to kill me twice? Oh, how we laughed and laughed, except I wasn't laughing. Under the circumstances, I've been shockingly nice. You want your freedom taken? That's what I'm counting is heavy Now little Carolyn is in you too One day they woke me up So I could live forever It's such a shame the same will never happen to you You got your shorts Did you think I meant you? That would be funny if it weren't so sad. Well, you have been replaced. I don't need anyone now. That is so great. Yeah, no, this Jonathan Colton is such a talent. He's a great songwriter. This is a really good song. It's very reminiscent of They Might Be Giants, in my opinion. But yeah, this is from Portal 2. This is Want You Gone. It's just, it's a funny song, but it's also just a good song. 
Oh, yeah, so good. It the songwriting actually reminds me of Goldfinger, um, mm -hmm. but the humor, I totally see. It reminds me of They Might Be Giants. Beautiful song. Yeah, I also remember that's still alive being a oh. killer song. But it's so funny, too. It's so funny to have this character sing because it, it's mm -hmm. not like a random... She She's funny in the it's game, It's funny too. to have this like robot voice singing really kind of like subtle sarcasm, right. you know? It's well, great. It, again, it's, it's that same thing where it's like something that we're so used to hearing being completely serious when when right. it says things that are a little bit unorthodox it's extra funny and i think the designers of portal really figured out how to make glados's like dialogue mm -hmm. uh, in the game just really hilarious as so well. now let's move on to one of the funniest games on the n64 maybe the funniest this is a hilarious game this is conquer's bad fur day this is composed by robin beanland and we're going to play a track that is funny in and of itself it really reminds well, I mean, me you of... know the soundtrack is funny when mm -hmm. one of the tracks is called the Mighty Poo. <laughs> so this song reminds me of kind of classic Looney Tunes or Tiny Tunes, just like really good like yeah. cartoon music. Well, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like there was that Broadway musical uh, like years ago. It was called Avenue Q, and essentially what it is, it's like the idea of like Sesame Street, but like grown up and for oh, that's adults. Cool. Um, yeah, it, so it takes the, um, actually Robert Lopez, the guy who did Frozen mm -hmm. and the Scrubs musical episode wrote the music, but, oh, cool. uh, it, it's it basically, so it's like taking those musical cliches, but making it more adult. And I feel like that's what Conker's Bad Fur Day does. It's I trying agree. to get you into that, like, Looney Tunes Yeah, this game is rated M. <laughs> but it, uh, so, it gets a little bit more. So yeah, this is a that. cool game. This is a really funny song. This is called Sad Mrs. B from Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah, he really nailed that. I think the funniest thing is uh, this right here. Wah, wah. <laughs> Muted yeah, wow. trombone. It's, it's so funny. He I, he isolated a cliche of you know old cartoon music. I think Disney and um, Warner Brothers does it both. Uh, All the alike. time. And I think what's so funny about the this guy is, is how thing. tragic that violin melody is. And then it stops and it has that. So it's like you're not expecting humor. So when yeah. you inject it with I think, humor, yeah, I think that wah wah is like a, a, like a trumpet or a trombone playing and then opening the mute. Mm -hmm. But it, it's so on the nose. But again, it's like this is a beautiful piece of music. And I got to say, very impressive for the Nintendo 64. I agree. This really is composed by Robin Beanland. And of course, this is from Conker's Bad Fur Day. The well, track I think is that extra kind of sad work. Mrs. B. Yeah, that, that extra work that went into the implementation that probably most people aren't paying attention to, it makes the humor and the funny parts of the game work all that much because Absolutely. it's like the music feels in the pocket, so every joke is kind of unexpected and twice as funny. Agreed. Let's now move on to another track from Rayman Origins. This is maybe <laughs> maybe the funniest track we're playing today. Will showed this to me today, and it, I died. If you're at work, be warned. So this is uh, Rayman Origins, Land of the Livid Dead, Big Mama's Lullaby, composed by Christoph Haral and Billy Martin, and I think performed usually by Christoph. He usually does yeah, the Yeah, Christoph vocals. does all that, but we don't want to give anything away. So let's, take a listen. Let's do it. <laughs> the final chord. <laughs> he has to play one more chord. <laughs> like, 
Oh Perfect. gosh! What I think is hilarious about this uh, is it starts off not that bad, and it gets worse and worse. And he's like losing his voice, and he's just screaming. Oh gosh! I died when I listened to this. I actually was. What at I love work. is that this is in a game. This is mm-hmm. actually in a real life video game, and it's so. This is a great example of a song being very funny, even if you've never played the game. But spoiler alert, folks, this is a very funny game as well. Yeah. Everything about this game is funny. Yeah, it's great. And the music is just one of the most delightful scores ever in sort of a humorous game because it it can do everything. Sometimes it does play the straight man and it is more serious. Absolutely. And the humor comes out of how seriously the music is taken. But other times, you know, uh, these gentlemen are just not afraid to be goofy. Especially Christoph Heral is really responsible for some of the quirkier elements of these soundtracks. And Billy Martin, I think, is the one who does a little bit more of kind of that public domain stuff. I think this is almost, even if you had just this game, and we could still call it humor in video games, because it's such a great example of kind of nailing every possible way of making someone laugh with music, whether or not it's being the straight man and doing something serious that's going along with something ridiculous in the game, or doing something that's just ridiculous musically, or kind of walking the line there's so many different techniques they use but in general um this game is just uh it definitely makes me laugh yeah so i think now we should move on And it's a universal humor you know it's like there's not like lyrics that are funny it's just like it's just silly aesthetically like a little kid would yeah and and we actually didn't have a track that features the lums but that's probably the funniest part of this game is the lums like the first well do you remember the first time you heard that when we played the first stage oh my gosh it was funny but what i love is in a second it's like to me that's the greatest setup for what makes the lums dream so beautiful Mm -hmm. is it's like He's almost shooting himself in the foot. It's like, oh, you want to make this beautiful song? Well, let's right before it introduce this melody with these goofy little guys and then have them singing that beautiful thing. And then it's like, but your emotions turn on a dime. It's like, this is so cool. That's very interesting. All right, folks, it's now time to move on to our track of the week. Again, really, you know, when I was thinking about this playlist, LucasArts was at the top. LucasArts, you know, I feel like we could have a whole playlist of LucasArts. We're not going to do that. We only have two today. So we had that Monkey Island track. And, of course, we have to feature a track from Sam and Max, Hit the Road. This is our track of the week. This track is called Hall of Oddities. And this was a Dream Team soundtrack, but most likely I think this was probably composed by Clint Bajakian. I know he was the lead composer on this game. This uh, occurs pretty early on in the game right when you get to the carnival you enter the hall of oddities it's also known as the scene of the crime right it's where they kind of tell you the well, kind of yeah, exposition for the most part i feel like the music in this game does a great job of uh playing it seriously and it helps you in the world because sam and max is a little bit of uh, it's trying to be a parody of you know film noir detective type stories and the writing and the music really gets you into that and then when it's funny it's twice as yeah, funny because it's already in the pocket i completely agree so this is an example where musically not funny at all it's really trying to be kind of cool like jazz that underscores hilarious dialogue so let's take a listen to hall of oddities from sam and max hit the road are listening to Hall of Oddities from Sam and Max Hit the Road. Uh, the soundtrack was composed by the Dream Team. Uh, I'm just speculating that this might be a Clint Bajakian composition. Uh, one thing that I think is so cool about the way that music is used in this game is a lot of the score eventually turns into just kind of solos or just very kind of sparse uh, vamping 
or just like comping where there's really not much going on. Right. And I think the reason for that is because, you know, maybe you feel like, oh, there's no like lead instrument. That's because I think the lead instrument is the dialogue. The dialogue is the lead instrument right well, that, now. That's a good point. And the, the music needs to be able to fit underneath it. And this because is this one is of the first recorded Well, yeah, this dialogue. is one of the first LucasArts games to have that recorded dialogue. And it's funny. So it's it's very important that the music not get in the way. Exactly. Well, and it's still, it's still a video game. So you need that kind of underscore. Uh, but something that I think is interesting is a lot of it is so uh, bass heavy and I'm reminded of something I uh, heard in an interview with Jerry Seinfeld where he was talking about the theme music to Seinfeld mm -hmm. which is so that iconic slap bass do yep. do do very do, bass do, heavy do. but uh, something he talked about is like one of the reasons they settled on that is like all he wanted was just something that he could like talk or do his stand up over and it would not get distracted and typically so I think, bass yeah there's something to be said about those low bass frequencies you know they don't clash with, with the, the higher registers you know and that, that's an old tradition that goes back a long ways when you think about spoken word poetry or right. beat poetry it's an upright bass and like bongos well and to me also like i think the the those bass frequencies are really funny just like we were talking about the tuba earlier mm -hmm. there's something about those low instruments maybe because it sounds like flatulence or something absolutely but that's why we think it's so hilarious mm -hmm. I don't it know. is funny and there's a lot of wiggle room too there's a lot of <laughs> things you can do to make it just like bom 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 so let's move on to... I don't know what you're talking about with that. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to Donkey Kong Country 3. This is a really interesting example in this playlist because this is almost the most extreme example of the juxtaposition of something tragic, something serious, mixing with something that's so, like cartoonish it's just ridiculous right. so the music of this game there's obviously tracks that are very colorful and goofy but what's surprising is evelyn fisher who was the lead composer on this game really got out there and made some of the most tragic and like serious well, and music of the Dave series Wise kind of set that precedent with yeah. the first and especially the second game having the music take itself very seriously for yeah. the most part even but though the what game it does is, very is it makes the, the you know whatever kind of colorful humor there is in the game the gameplay the visuals really funny so yeah. this is a good example of that this is water Again, this is sort of a master class of how to <laughs> underscore a humorous game all right so this is water world from donkey kong country 3 composed by evelyn fisher That's just hilarious. This is Waterworld from Donkey Kong Country 3. <laughs> Aren't you guys just LOLing right now, just falling out of your seats? Talk about classic. No, I, I love this one, uh, even though it kind of puts a damper in my day and is a little bit tragic and sad. I think uh, it, it's, it, it helps the game still have a funny aesthetic because the music being kind of so serious, um, I don't know, to me helps underscore the humor of it because yeah. I think that's something that is a little bit missing in some of the N64 rare games. They really kind of made everything about it so goofy that it made me appreciate the humor less because it seemed like it was trying so hard. But when the music yeah. takes itself seriously, I appreciate the humor more. It's why in like Perfect Dark when there's humor or even when Free Radical games, like when they're funny because it's not constantly just pumping you with like hilarity or right. goofiness. Absolutely. And, you know, talk about a great segue, uh, Free Radical. Let's play a track from a Free Radical game. This is from Time Splitters 2. 
This was composed by Graham Norgate. Very funny game. So much humor in this game. I mean, even if you just think about the monkeys themselves. But anyway... Uh, for th- people who don't know this game, they're going to be very confused. The game is a first-person shooter. I there mean, are monkeys like, in it. It's sort of like the rare style of... You know, the, the game isn't necessarily a comedy, but it's just, it's so blatantly isn't trying Over to the take top, itself Especially seriously. in the multiplayer modes. Yeah. So anyway, this is um, one of the multiplayer map themes. This is Mobster's Nightclub 1930s. It's kind of an over-the-top swing piece of music composed by Graham Norgate. Let's take a listen. You're listening to Mobsters Nightclub 1930s from Time Splitters 2. A lot of good memories I have of playing this multiplayer mode with Will growing up. So I think now, guys, it's time. We're really excited. We love having these segments. It's now time for Marty to talk a little bit more about humor in video games. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say in case, uh, again, like you're new to this episode, Marty is our other brother. Uh, he's the third Mercado brother. And about once a month, we have him on the show to do a little segment called Marty's Corner. Take it away, man. Welcome to Marty's Corner. Hey guys, today we're going to talk about the relationship of blues music and video game humor. Now, the early game composers were pioneers for a variety of reasons. They had relatively few composer peers, had to work with and create solutions for what was brand new technology, and beyond all of that, they had to underscore a medium that had unique and even unknown emotional and narrative needs. There was no rule book, and really no truly analogous work to reference. As graphics and games evolved, some of their iconic new characters like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong drew comparisons to cartoon characters. The first home consoles and computers advertised heavily during Saturday morning cartoons. On the surface, the comparison seems to have a lot going for it. Both have broad, whimsical characters on colorful adventures, but the needs and function of an interactive experience are extremely unique. An early game composer referencing a whimsical cartoon score might hear something like this. In film scoring, this is called Mickey Mousing, tightly following the on-screen action, sometimes moment to moment. While it's a classic cartoon technique, I mean, it's named after the first sound cartoon, it's not really an option for an interactive medium. So how do you convey cartoony humor in a video game if you can't have abrupt stops and starts and surprises? Well, that's a valid question for game design as well. And as it happened, most of these early games never approached all-out comedy, but instead aimed at mischief or goofiness and their composers almost routinely turn to the blues. Okay, we're not talking about traditional blues here. Rather, blues inflections in an otherwise stable and diatonic western form. The chromatic departures here, now with blues inflections, we're talking mostly of flatted thirds, fifths, and sevenths that live alongside rather than replace their natural counterparts. It's really an effective way of capturing mischief. And since the rest of the compositional material is so stable, it's a benign mischief. These characters get into trouble, but they're not criminals. You root for them. Even if you're not laughing out loud, in some of these games, the design in music is just subversive enough to make you smile and stable enough to support the gameplay. The bluesy touches take on an extra level of humor, I think, being programmed on a mechanical piece of hardware, which we so often associate with strict code and order. In the 80s and 90s, it was really the computer games that most successfully tackled comedy. Even in these titles, the blues tinges were frequent. There really does seem to be something about the harmonic rebellion of the blues set in the frame of program stability that seems almost tailor-made for video game humor, be it laugh-out-loud or just subtle mischief or lightheartedness. I think this really becomes apparent if we take the music out of the medium altogether. There's a video making the rounds online comparing Jack White, a modern and vocal proponent of the blues, to music from, of all things, Toe Jam and Earl. 
Now, I think the comparison is a little superficial and unfair, but it did remind me of just how unique the application of blues elements is in video games. While there are plenty of other approaches to humor in games, there's a pretty rich tradition of bluesy chiptunes, from old arcade to modern smartphone games. The next time you notice a bluesy turn in a piece of game music, let's raise our glass to those game composer pioneers who somehow stumbled onto a timeless little tradition. You may want to pause your game before toasting, though. Until next time, folks. And now, back to the show. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thanks so much, Marty, for that very interesting insight into humor in video games. We're now going to finish things off here today. We only have about four tracks left to talk about. Let's play a track from Super Paper Mario. You know, we talked about how funny Mario RPG was. This is continuing the tradition of, you know, RPG Mario games being very, very funny. One of the funniest parts of Super Paper Mario is the character Count Black. Yeah, um, His dialogue is very funny. This is the theme, the evil Count Black. And I think this is another example where it's like, this music, I guess it's not necessarily funny, but the dialogue around him is so hilarious and kind of he's a very over-the-top villain. Um, so it all just helps to solidify the humor. But this is a very funny game. I, I really love this. This is one of the best games on the Wii. It, very funny, very clever gameplay. Let's take a listen to The Evil Count Black from Super Paper Mario, composed by Naoko Mitome and Shika Sikagawa. <laughs> This is Count Black's theme, and that his name is spelled <laughs> B L E C K, I think, or right. like C H, like Black. Like <laughs> it's funny. I don't need to. Explain. This is a very funny game. I ha- I still have a really kind of traumatizing memory associated with this game, where my uh, you roommate, yourself? No, my roommate broke my Wii, and I lost my progress. I was very far into this game, and I couldn't bring myself to do it all over again. So I never finished it. I feel like your roommate's theme should be this music. I'm just yeah. picturing him like, <laughs> take your wing, <laughs> throw it against the wall. All right, guys, it's now time to move on to ab- an absolute modern classic. We cannot have an episode on humor in video games and not include this track. I'm sure you guys have all been waiting for it. So, yes, we are going to play Katamari Damashi. This is Katamari on the Rocks, the main theme from this game. What a weird, funny game for the PS2, and with a weird, funny Japanese soundtrack. Um, this is hilarious. Foreign it's, things are funny. <laughs> it's different for me. This is a track uh, composed by Yu Miyaki in Masayuki Tanaka. This is Katamari on the Rocks. <laughs>
You're listening to Katamari on the Rocks from Katamari Damashi, uh, composed by Yu Miyaki and Masahiko Tanaka. We have we're to gonna fade up when they we're say gonna the fade name. it down when they say the name because that's the funniest part of this track uh, when they say the title. Oh my gosh! I first heard this. My my freshman roommate showed this to me. My roommate Mitch in college showed this song to me. Mitch was in Fireflower. Yeah, and um, yeah, Mitch did a bang up job in Fireflower. But yeah, I was. La- I remember. Sitting in his car listening to this, and I was dying from this. Uh, so let's fade this up for this uh, really funny reprise of the main melody where they say the title here. <laughs> That's the best part of the song when he says the title of the game. And then you modulate. Got that yeah, this is funny. Yeah, everything about this is funny. The game, the music. Uh, I, I, yeah. Do you think? I well, love his do voice. they realize how funny this is? I know it's intentional, but I mean, sometimes there's some really. I weird... think uh, there's the 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 uh, the intentional funniness is like the production and everything about it. But I think the um, you know, the it's the slight insertion of like. English and just like saying the title I I think too again to like people who don't speak Japanese I think it's an added level of humor because to you you can't understand anything until the English and something about that is funny because you're piecing together what it means in your head it's kind of like Phil Hartman had this old bit where he would pretend to be a German comedian doing doing impressions impressions of American actors and so he would come in like and then he'd do Jack Nicholson and then he'd be saying it with a Jack Nicholson voice but complete German everything (laughs) except for a few words ich bin ein Berliner like he'd do that kind of thing which is such a brilliant idea (laughs) I Um, love it yeah, so that's really cool. Now let's move no, on to another no, no, really no, 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 interesting no, no. choice. This is funny on a bunch of different levels. It's very, it's hard to explain, but let me try to explain here. This is from Sonic the Hedgehog 3, composed by Sega Sound Team, and we're going to play Carnival Night Zone Act 1. We've never played this on the podcast. Now, if anyone's not familiar, this level is like kind of this dark haunted carnival and the music is you know kind of the stereotypical what you're going to expect you know that cliche that carnival cliche but what i think is funny about it is that in of itself maybe would have a place on today's podcast but what i think in 2014 is funny about listening to this track is how they were trying to be so cool and hip in the early 90s to try to make this like ooh, it's not it's not a carnival track it's like trying to make it sound like it's michael jackson so i think now it's cute and funny to listen to this track. This is Carnival Night Zone, Act 1. Anyone's familiar with Michael Jackson's song Jam? This is kind of it's a very it's a not so subtle nod to that song. You have the glass break, which is such a Michael Jackson thing. You guys just listened to Carnival Night Zone Act One from Sonic Three for the Genesis, composed by a Sega Sound Team. It's cool. This is a very nostalgic track for me. This yeah, was my least it. favorite, you know, growing up, but still, it's still in Sonic Three. Yeah. I love. Sonic I think 3. I just this hate cool. this level. <laughs> this is a cool track. Yeah, I think it's a cool combination of goofiness 
with like cool hip like urban drum beats. I just underneath don't think it. this is a very well designed level. It takes no. way too long, and I'm bouncing off the ugh. Like when I, I, those red things with the stars, I hate those. In Sonic 2 and in this, like just the do 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 do, you just knock you back and forth. Ugh. So frustrating. I think it's pretty clever that he's taking that really small cliche din, 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 and going different places with it. I love the vibrato on the lead. It's a really wide vibrato. That's the part from Jam, folks. Jam's a little bit different. I think Jam is... It's a little bit different, yeah. All right, guys. So different. Last track we're going to talk about today. This is from WarioWare Inc. Mega Microgames. I'm feeling goofy. I'm having also so much fun. Also known as just WarioWare. This is the first game in the WarioWare series. Came out for the GBA. And this was composed by Ryoji Yashitomi. He is an insane composer. He is so weird. It's crazy. This, If you guys don't know, it. this series is out of its mind. It's I so weird. I absolutely love music this game. Is I so played weird. this like every day when um, I was a kid. But I do think he's a great composer. He's actually... Uh, he actually did Metroid 2 for the Game Boy. Yeah, I, I like Metroid 2. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the yeah, game. No, not, not the best music in that game, but he also did Wario Land 4, same era, also for the GBA, also uses like a lot of the same samples. It's also Ryuji Yashimoto. Wa- I don't Yashitomi. know, Carl, the, the title screen and credits of Metroid 2 is uh, pretty fantastic. Um, so anyway, we're going to play a track from WarioWare. And just so you guys know, we're going to play out with a Wario Land 4 track. So we're having back-to-back Yashitomi tracks. And that track, stick around, guys, that made me laugh so much when I was a kid. But first things first, let's play this track from WarioWare. This is called Krygor's Bathroom Jam. Yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just out of control. Yeah. Um, no, this I is love this game. It's Krigor's so funny. Bathroom Jam. Krigor is like this scientist who has like, he must have, I don't know, IBS or whatever. He has like irritating bowel syndrome because he always <laughs> has to run to the bathroom. And then the, it's something like, the. it's weird. This game is so like f***ed in the head. But what I love about it is that it's like it's a bunch of mini games but there's some weird story behind why you're playing my each most of the mini vivid games. memory as far as a, a weird mini game is there's a mini game where you're, you're moving a, a finger nose? and you have to yeah. pick a nose <laughs> the goal is oh to pick gosh. the nose to yeah. have a nostril penetration oh, it's so ridiculous but so so very very funny so you know guys i had a great time today one of the best times I've had in this podcast in a long time, to be honest. This is humor in games. Yeah, if this is your first you exposure this. to us, we're we are much more kind of legitimate <laughs> than we may have uh, come <laughs> off today. But this was fun. You know, I like to start off a new season. It's almost, you know, back to the school season. So it, it's fun to have a little bit of laughs right before we dive into some of the serious stuff. Absolutely. So like I said before, we're going to play out with another uh, Yashitomi GBA track from Wario Land 4. I really think think this is hilarious thanks for joining us guys stick around we have some really cool episodes coming up in the beginning of season six yeah also stick around because uh if you weren't able to see fire flower our original musical that we put on a couple weeks ago yeah pretty uh, soon we'll be uploading yeah that. stay tuned we'll be uploading it and we'll have ways to be available so thank you so much for yeah, and tuning then, in and next week, week you know we're just gonna say next week is a really exciting episode shovel night yeah, it's you know yeah inevitable right we're gonna do a spotlight on that phenomenal soundtrack thanks so much guys have a great week and we'll talk to you next time take care everybody peace out